This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. We are on this journey on how to discern what to expect in 2023 and how to be better equipped for the journey ahead of us this year through scripture that is through the lens of the living word of God. In our last episode, we talked about just a quick recap before we dive into the theme and agenda for today. In our last episode, we're talking about seeking breakthrough wisdom and not just seeking breakthrough. It was one of the challenges that the Lord pointed out to me personally and also say this is going to be a recurring theme of what people normally do. You know, the year starts out, we get onto the train of breakthrough. We're praying for breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. And he was pointing out to me that, yes, the father sometimes will, sometimes why they can be a holdout from the Lord for that breakthrough is because he wants you to figure that what you actually need is breakthrough wisdom. Because if the Lord bails you out and you still don't know what is causing that problem, that problem is still going to come up, still going to be symptomatic, I guess, yeah, symptomatic. It's going to be recurring. It's going to keep coming back. It might not, it might come back monthly. It might even come back weekly. It might come back every day. It might come back every other couple of months because you never really got to the root of the issue. But breakthrough wisdom is a higher order than just seeking breakthrough because breakthrough wisdom is one that sets you free. That is one that sets you free. So seek breakthrough wisdom, meaning how can I deal with this problem forever? How can I deal with this? What get to the root issue? Ask the Lord and say, point out to me. I I know I don't want you to just I don't want an answer to just come out of the sky or, you know, for this problem, you know, only to just disappear or vanish or whatever. But I actually want to know what caused this problem in the first place. So as the Lord is helping you deal with it, ask him, what is the problem to this? What is the real problem behind this symptom? And that is true freedom. That is true liberty. As the scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty, and access. Liberty means you are liberated from the thing. And so there's things that perhaps you've been dealing with in 2022, and you dealt with them in 2021, you dealt with them in 2020. And now you want them, you want to put them to rest forever meaning you want that chapter of your life closed, sealed, done with. That book is closed and 
you are not dealing with that problem recurringly. So that's where that that was the main theme, I believe, for the last episode, which was seek breakthrough wisdom, not just breakthrough. Now, on I I was and so what wisdom just to reiterate this scripture from Proverbs chapter four, verses seven. Many a times, as I, as I was saying, is that we're seeking breakthroughs and not breakthrough wisdom. And yet Proverbs chapter four, verses seven says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Because it is wisdom when you get wisdom, it says get. Then, if you read the context around this focus, uh, scripture focus, you'll see it says from verse five. It says, "Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not; she will and she will preserve thee. She will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you." Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting get understanding then it says exalt her and she shall promote you she shall bring you to honor when you do embrace her she shall give to your head an ornament of grace a crown of glory shall she deliver to you hear O my son and receive my sayings and the years of your life shall be many i have taught you in the way of wisdom i have led you in the right paths when you go, your steps will not be straightened, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take first hold on instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is your life. So wisdom is not something that a lot of Christians, you know, and I've been there, you know, when you're in prayer groups and uh, prayer requests, Wisdom is not the main thing. You know, people saying, you know, I, I need my mortgage paid off. I need this. I'm sick. I need that. You know, I'm, I'm this and that. Wisdom is normally not the thing that you hear the most going around the room. But wisdom is what we need. Wisdom deals with the root issue. Okay? So, there's a side of wisdom where you're trying to find out what is the root issue? What is causing this problem? Now, there's a wisdom that solves an existing problem, which is that deals with the root issue of the problem you're having. Now, there's also the other side of wisdom that also puts you ahead. And as I was seeking the mind of the Lord um, today, earlier this morning, I was trying to inquire, what is, let's, you know, let, what is another angle for discernment on the wisdom of God? Now, one of the scriptures we read out in the last episode was from the book of James. 
he talks about heavenly versus demonic wisdom. In other places, it says there's two kinds of wisdom. And it says, who is wise and understanding among you? This is James chapter 3 from verses 13. I'll read all the way down. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. By deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it, but it is earthly and spiritual demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, peaceable. It's considerate, it's submersive, it's full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. And I like how another translation says, let, let, me, let me just read uh, another translation. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So we say that uh, good fruits. So I say we, we had a scenario where we have you know the 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 so-called you know smartest people gathering at all these conventions and these conventions have been happening for so many years the G8 summit now the G20 you know World economic forum um, uh, all of these different uh, retreats and and, and and forums where, leaders and presidents and, and, and science and, and biologists and the economic experts and everyone, everyone, all the summa cum laude's, all the so-and-so's, all gathered in a room. And year in, year out, we still have those problems that they're talking about solving. But my question to them or to you is Jesus said, you shall know them by their fruit. Jesus said that a, an, a, a, a tree that is bad cannot produce good fruit, but a tree that is good will produce good fruit. He said, you shall know them by their fruit. And now we're seeing 
the wisdom from above that is heavenly produces good fruit. So if we're not seeing good fruit in our economy, if we're not seeing good fruit in our uh, in our vaccines, in our in our in our school policies, in the characters of of of, of students in schools, if we're not seeing good character, um, if we're not seeing good character, good fruit in the space of mental health, in all these things. So we have to look at the source. We have to look at the people who are behind these systems, these policies, and say, hey, when you are getting together to seek wisdom on how to solve these problems, it's evident that you don't have the mind of the Lord, the mind of God, the living God, seated at the table. And of course, it's evident. Um, it's evident. So that's how we are able to discern. Now, uh, that's kind of like a recap of, of some of the things you talked about yesterday. Now, I want to talk about, you know, look at this wisdom from above from another angle that you're probably familiar with. Because I believe this is a lens that you need to approach 2023 with. So we're going to talk about wisdom that flesh and blood hasn't revealed to you. Wisdom that flesh and blood hasn't revealed to you. In other words, how do you start to discern that this, you know, what, what, what's another rubric? How can we dive into uh, what's, what's another way of discerning that this wisdom is not earthly, but is from heaven? Now, I want us to look, first of all, at 1 Corinthians. Let us, let us depart from that train station. That's going to be our train station and then we will move into this whole concept of wisdom from above where flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you in first corinthians we actually see paul bringing this whole concept of this wisdom from above versus wisdom from from below and he talks about some really interesting things which is what i want to read through and then we will you know, look into them in more detail, and then we will hopefully get to, you know, our destination. It's very interesting because sometimes I, I feel that uh, I haven't really been able to get to my destination because, um, and rightfully so, the Holy Ghost likes to interrupt these sessions and we always welcome the interruptions of the Holy Ghost. So Holy Ghost, feel free to interrupt us. Thank you. So first Corinthians, Paul, he was, 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 he was writing to the church in Corinth unto the church of God, which is at Corinth 
to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all in every place, called upon with all in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Now, there's something that the church of Corinth, you know, was a church that was situated like in the capital of, you know, uh, there's a lot of, you know, commerce, trade, and a lot of um, smart intellects that were, 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 were around that region of Corinth. Now, one of the things that Paul first talks about was he wanted them to separate and and function in the wisdom of God. So he starts talking about the mysteries, the hidden mysteries of the wisdom of God. And he started to tell them how it would work, you know, how it would come and, and, and some interesting things. So let us let us follow his train of thought here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, he says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Then he says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now, the whole MO, God works through humility. God the scripture says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart of man. Now, God chose the preaching of the cross, first of all, as something that would, would be so foolish, you know, would be so foolish. You know, first of all, how do you say you're the king of kings? How do you say you're the creator of the, the, the universe? How do you say you're coming to establish a kingdom? And you're not coming with weapons of, of, of flesh and blood. Like you're not coming in with guns, tankers, and, and all of this. And you're going to use words. And you're going to attack the most vulnerable piece, the most vulnerable part of mankind, which is the heart of man. How do you, so that Jesus's strategy right from the get-go was unconventional. You don't take authority without using force. It was unconventional. So how he came was already unconventional. You know, he did not come like, you know, how like we watch the, the, you know, when you're watching those Marvel movies. When you know it's it's spectacular. It's it's you know captures everybody's attention, you know, and he chose to even camp through the profession of a of a carpenter. And he started to lay the foundation of his kingdom using words. Whereas people were thinking the Messiah, you know, 
the one who is to save, the Savior, the Messiah, is going to come with force. He didn't. So that was already unconventional. Anyways, I want us to try and get to halfway our dest intended destination of today. So Paul says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. It's foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Then he says, here, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 19, Paul says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Wow. So, if... God, if you're looking for where the wisdom of God is going to be in 2023, already start to tune your mind to unconventional. Tune your mind to unconventional. So as you're seeing the publications in the media, the news the experts saying, go here, go there, go there that chances are that's not where to go. The uncom it, it, it has to be unconventional. And why? We'll get to it. It says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I'll bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Then it goes on to say, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world, of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? <laughs> For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So meaning God could have come with the spectacles with which he created the universe to, to, to offer this, to offer salvation and redemption, but he chose not to. God, it's very interesting. God is predictably unpredictable and unpredictably predictable, if that makes sense. So his MO from the get-go was to destroy the wisdom of man. To, in a sense, to say that there is a higher wisdom, in a sense to say that you think you got it and you think you don't need me, but I'll show you that your wisdom ain't it, meaning there's levels to this. You know, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways in Isaiah 55, verse 8. So then we start to see how this wisdom of God was rolled out. It says, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by the by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness. So it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And it is still going to please God in 2023 by the foolishness of preaching of God's word to save them that believe. 
It says, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. So there was two people that basically the gospel had to penetrate the Jews and the Greeks. Now, the Jews required a sign and the Greeks sought after wisdom. Greek wisdom, we all know about it. It's They were all about wisdom. The Greeks were all about wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Then, then, <laughs> then this is how, this is the strategy that God approached them with. Says the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Says, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block. So the sign of Christ crucified was a stumbling block. How can the Savior of the world be crucified? Are you kidding me? And from the Greek standpoint, it's foolishness. It's foolishness. Meaning, how this is not there's nothing spectacular about this. How can redemption, how can your answer, your solution of 2023 come out through what seems to be foolish and a stumbling block? Then it says, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So in this whole thing of Christ crucified was two ingredients for both of them. Christ, the power of God and we, and, and, and the wisdom, he says, but unto them, which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. So, to the Jews, this was actually a symbol of power. The whole ministration of the, the office of Christ, you know, being resurrected from the dead and all that. That's the power of God. And how redemption came, you know, that's also the wisdom of God. So to the Greeks, anyways, he just goes on to say, but the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So from man's standpoint, it looks foolish, right? And weak. It looks weak and foolish. It looks weak to offer yourself, to be humiliated on the cross, to be crucified. It looks weak and it looks foolish. But he says, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Then anyways, he goes on to say, again, we're, we're entering, uh, I want you to stick with me here. We're, we're, we're getting into this whole notion of, because there are solutions that flesh and blood, you see, flesh and blood is going to reveal to you the obvious, the spectacular. However, the spirit of God, where the hidden mysteries of God are revealed, is going to reveal to you things that are foolish and weak. And you might ignore those things, and yet that is where your breakthrough wisdom is going to be. So as you're looking for 
as you're looking for 2023, you might be expecting your answer to be locked in someone perhaps who has an Instagram following of 10,000 followers. That might be the route to take, you know, maybe that kind of partnership. And yet <laughs> you might need to partner with someone who has but a hundred followers. So because our flesh as human beings is always energized and excited and adrenaline pumps by things that are fast, that are big, that are spectacular, that are, that are, that are, wow, you know, things that cause adrenaline to flow, you know, but he's saying here that the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is, is stronger than men. Then it says, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So when, when your solutions, one of the lenses that you need to approach 2023 is this is where the voice of God is going to be. He says, not many wise men after the flesh. Yes, God can use people who are wise after the flesh, but he says, not many. He says, rarely. So you have to be discerning. It says, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Because usually people who are wise after the flesh are proud. God doesn't deal with pride. That's not his MO. God's MO is not pride. So he doesn't deal with that. So he has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And he has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And do you know that this principle, actually, let me, let me continue reading through. It says, and the best things of the world and the things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things which are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, this whole concept of God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and he has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. This principle, it's very interesting that even if you are, so make sure that you're looking out the strategies that you're going to use, the breakthrough wisdom we're talking about is going to be hidden in the foolish things of the world. And it's also going to be in the weak things of the world. Because, for instance, okay, let, let's, just a couple of examples. This principle of the weak things confounding things that are mighty and the foolish things confounding things that are wise, I've seen this principle apply even like out, like in the, 
in, in, in the business world because all the companies, it's very interesting when you look at the cycle of innovation and how products are built and whatever, it is always the thing which is foolish that upstages the thing which is wise. It is always the thing which is weak that upstages the thing which is mighty. You know, back in the day, the same cycle has happened. It is a company, uh, it is an idea like, of course it makes sense. Human beings have been using buttons, right? On their phones. Now, the idea of touch screens unconventional upstaging phones with buttons right the apples and whatever as well what was the what was the other company after that that upstaged you know the the blackberries then you see it with netflix at the time a very weak small company upstaging the business model of a giant like Blockbuster. It, it happens. It is a principle that also, it's almost like natural law that that's how it works. So right now you might look at Apple, you might look at Google, you might look at these companies and they look as it, as the saying goes, too big to fail. But there comes a time when a foolish idea will upstage a like like a mainstream idea you know a foolish idea like having guests in your house strangers people that you've never met upsetting uh disrupting as as we call it in in the business world disrupting the hotel industry uber disrupting the taxi industry so this principle is actually is actually natural law it, it's a principle that's embedded in the word of god but it's actually the it, it's this principle that drives um the world of 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 of, of innovation and, and and technology is disruption is always the weak thing confounding the thing that is mighty or the foolish thing confounding the, 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 the product that seems to be wise in the context of scripture. So that is how God is going to work. That is where your solutions, that's, that is how, that is where your wisdom is going to be that, that that is where your, your wisdom is going to be when you're looking for answers when you're looking for strategies look out for the things that are seemingly foolish and seemingly weak you know it might make sense to you know feel that you cannot market your product or get it out there you know if you know, you don't have a, let's say, $10,000 budget or $1,000 budget. And you might think that, oh, man, how, how can I get my product out there? How can I do this? How can I do that? 
I don't have a big budget. Right in that moment when you don't have a big budget is an opportunity for a novel strategy, a God idea. There is a God idea in weakness. The scripture also says when Paul said, uh, take this thorn away from me and all of that uh, in Second Corinthians, that the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. For what Paul said, the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So your strength, the perfect place for it to start operating is in a place of weakness. Your wisdom is going to operate best in an area of seemingly foolishness. That is where, that's how you should be maneuvering through the air, which is, um, this path looks like it's gonna, you know, it's grandiose. It's a big path. All the lights are on, all that. Uh-uh. That, that is not the way you should go. Also, scripture talks about narrow is the way. It's the way, the way that leads to the, to the truth, the life is the narrow gate. And not many go through that. Everyone's going to be going through the wide gate, but that leads to distraction. The wide gate means everybody has access to it. It's going to be a lot of competition. So apply yourself. Perhaps you're thinking that working at a, at a big name company is going to be the answer. But if an opportunity comes to work for a company that looks foolish and unwise, that might be the company that you actually need to consider because you do not know that that company is about to strike gold. And in two years, because of your help, your hands on deck on the company, you being the reason as to why that company strikes gold, that you're in a position of authority, you're in a position where your 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 wages have been raised maybe five times where you started versus having a big name company in your resume and your LinkedIn when actually it's not having any impact on the areas that you want your life to impact. So look out through this lens of foolishness and weakness. That is where the wisdom of God is hidden. All right? So it says, and the best things of the world, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 28, and the things which are despised, God has chosen, yeah, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. So once again, when God is putting up wisdom or breakthrough wisdom, how and where he's going to position it, it's going to be in the best things of the world. The things which normal human eye will despise. That is where God is going to place liberty, success, uh, breakthroughs, 
and deliverance and the things which are not because these bring to nothing the things that are there's a law oh these it's best out of scripture because when you look at the words of the living word of god it says the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life spirit birth is natural or physical it may not make sense to you but there we go now there is a law out of this scripture here that says the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. So, this is a natural law that God has set in motion. That, let's just look at, for instance, technology. The reason technology has to keep evolving is because there's a natural law out of scripture that supports it. It's right here. The things which are not yet to bring to nothing the things that are. First Corinthians chapter 28. No, yeah, First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28. All of First Corinthians chapter 1 and chapter 2 is mandatory reading if you're a Christian. Because it shows you how the wisdom of God, this hidden wisdom that we're talking about, plays on each other. So, in the universe, there's only one thing that is everlasting. And God was showing this to me, and, and, and it's very interesting. So, okay, let's go back to, like, empires, right? Um, once again, let's go back to empires. So, you know, you had... Um, in the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter, anyways, let me just point it out to you so that in case you want to do some studying and reading, you know where to find it. So in the book of Daniel chapter, chapter two. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. The, the first dream that he had that no one could figure out. It's in, in, it's in Dan, Daniel chapter 2. Anyways, it talks about these four kingdoms. Actually, there's about five of them. And, and in later parts, uh, in, in Daniel chapter... Um, in this one comes in Daniel chapter I'm trying to find this one yeah in Daniel chapter 7 so Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 in Daniel chapter 7 it talks about the seven you know the four beasts and it talks about the four beasts of kings and these and kingdoms and all that. But in, in Daniel chapter 2, which might be an easier place for you to start because you might be reading about the four beasts in Daniel and you might be like, you might not really 
get the understanding, even though the angel later interprets it to Daniel. But, you know, in Daniel chapter 2, it talks about Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, right? And he, he this dream, there's an image of it. It says the head, this is Daniel chapter 2 from around verse 32. It says the image's head was of fine gold. His breast and his arms were silver. His belly and his thighs of brass. His legs of iron. His feet part iron and part clay. Now, then the, he saw in this dream that a stone was cut out without hands, which stone smote the image upon his feet that were iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, all broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. So, when you go on to read, it shows you how kingdoms, it doesn't matter the industry, it doesn't matter, there's only one everlasting thing in the uh, in, in, in this whole concept of life, and that is the word of God and the kingdom of God. That is the, those are the only two everlasting things, meaning something which started and will live on and exist throughout eternity. So with that in mind, according to this natural principle of, of natural law that is set in motion by the word of God, even when you look through this dream and vision of Daniel, the four kingdoms, it talks about how one kingdom supplants the other, then the other one supplants the other, then another one comes and supplants the other. But there's only one kingdom that is everlasting. And he tells you in Daniel chapter 2, verses 4. No, Daniel chapter 2, verses 44. And it says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to the people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever, right? So there's only, even the scripture says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will prevail forever. So there's only one, so, so when you come back to 2 Corinthians, you see a principle of natural law. He, he, the, the revelation is right here. It says, and the thing, in, in verse 28, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 28, it says, And the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, has God chosen, yea, and the things which are not yet, to bring to nothing things that are. That means there's a natural law principle here, principle of natural law that says, in this universe, in this domain, it doesn't matter how strong, let's say, let's look at some of our, superpowers right now you know the the countries that are that you might look at and say wow when what other country can ever take this country let's look at the united states that's how it was back in the day you know like babylon was supplanted by uh the the persians and the Medes, right then persia at the time was um 
was the country that was um, dominating, right? But then they, uh, let me let me make sure I get this right. Uh, that's stealing Daniel. So anyways, then they too got supplanted by um, the, 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 the Greek, the Greeks, right? The Grecian empire. Then the Grecian empire also got supplanted by the Roman empire. So even in the context of countries, even in the context of, of life, there is something which is not yet that has more that inevitably has been given power to supplant the thing that is. It's kind of like, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's like as, as people die, you know, people are born. So, the, the 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 people who are not yet born you know kind of replace take the place of the people that are currently alive who are about to transition right so it's a, it's a way of life so you might think that let's say so it doesn't matter even if it was a netflix that did it at a certain time blockbuster can never be was never it is not an everlasting kingdom. There's only one everlasting kingdom. It is the kingdom of God and the word of God. Those are the only two things that will remain forever, right? And of course, ask the saints who will be in heaven. And that's why we shall have to put on immortal bodies, right? We shall have to put on immortality. Anyways, so even Apple right now might be worth a trillion dollars and whatever it is but it's just a matter of time like apple can never apple is not going to be an everlasting kingdom meaning apple the iphone will not be the dominating technology for the next 100 years or 50. no inevitably there's another company technology that is not yet that will replace the thing which is it will have apple will have to be replaced it will have to it's a it's a principle of natural law that is set in motion here it's a mystery of the kingdom of god that god embedded when he created the universe it says god has chosen the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence because the thing which is currently dominating starts to rise into uh, pride, unrighteousness, oppressing people, being a supporter of uh, unrighteousness, and God does not deal with unrighteousness. So inevitably, now, it may not happen in our lifetime, but for as far as we know right now, as far as for as long as I've been on this planet, the United States has seen, you know, is a country which has been, you know, kind of like the the elephant in the room the the so to say now 
evidently like the reign of the United States. Now, it may go on for 50 years, it may go on for 100 years, but the reign of the United States, it may even go on for the next 400 years. But if we were to be existing on in this planet, and you'll see, I don't want to get into the end of the ages and the coming back of Christ. I, I want to kind of stick within the, the, the just stick within here. The, the 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 dominance of the United States will never be everlasting because God has not ordained it to be everlasting. There's only one everlasting kingdom, and that's the kingdom of God. So no matter how you look at it, whether it's technology, whether it's life, life and death in, in, in the mortal context, whether it's countries, the, it has happened throughout history. At one time, at the book of the Bible, we see, at one time, it was Egypt. Everyone used to run to Egypt for help. Where is Egypt today? We're not running to Egypt for help. So Egypt was never an everlasting kingdom. And time, within time, in a matter of time, it can be hundreds of years. Eventually, that will have to give way. It's the same thing with every principle. So what? What? what how does this apply to you? Is that... There is a hidden wisdom of God with the conditions and whatever you're up against in 2023 that within the context of life and breakthrough wisdom, there is a wisdom that inevitably has been ordained to supplant the forces against you, the obstacles, right? The things that you've been beating your head against. Now, the question is, how do you tap into them? Now, the wisdom is there to, to uproot the problem. The thing that has been having dominion in your life as a problem, inevitably, there's a solution for it. The question is, how do you find it? So that's kind of where, first of all, we have to establish that is this situation, is it has it been ordained as an everlasting problem? You know, the generational curses, yes, we call them generational curses, but they're not everlasting. They don't have everlasting power. Now, you may not be able to uproot it in your lifetime, but at a certain point, there's a wisdom that has been ordained by God for that thing to give way. Because it says the thing which is not yet to bring to nothing the thing that is. So this principle applies in, in the spirit realm, it applies in the natural context. Like it was at a certain point, Ford was the dominating company, right? And then Ford was supplanted. Now Ford did come back and Ford is still around. But even within these companies, their flagship product in the 80s is no longer their flagship product in 2023. No, in natural law, God has embedded that the thing which is not to bring to nothing the thing which is. So it's exciting to know that these things exist. That's what I'm saying. God has been challenging me and saying, Calvin, start seeking me for breakthrough wisdom. Don't because breakthrough wisdom liberates you. And so as you're approaching this year, First of all, as, as we as we close out on this, 
I want you to understand that the hidden wisdom of God is going to be in things which you'll probably despise. Um, and it's going to be in something that does not exist yet, a solution that you haven't looked at before. Because it says the things which are not yet to bring to nothing the things that are. So the wisdom that is not yet in your mind to bring to nothing probably the strategies that you already have. So there's that cycle, the thing which is not yet. So I want you to pay close attention that that's where God has placed his, that's how he's going to move. That's how he's going to operate. He has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And he has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. That is where, that's the mindset. That's the lens at which you should look at approaching this year. And lots of other cool stuff we shall dive in in the next episode. Once again, this was Unplugged. We hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Sell out.